Welcome to the Adam Hamway Podcast. Today's guest, Tom Leopold. Can we say where we are? Can, can we say where we are? Yeah. Absolutely not. Of course we can. Well, we're at the Friars Club here in New York City. You think they'll believe that? I don't think okay. so. Probably not. But. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Yeah, we are. We're upstairs in this beautiful room. I'm here with Tom. We're in the Frank Tom Sinatra Le- room. Leopold here on the Adam Hamway podcast. And uh, Tom, we have you on today, not because of you brought me here. This is great. It's my, it's my, <laughs> it's my the only podcast. way I could get on your podcast. I know, right? I had to track you down and wear a wear a jacket. Yeah, you've got the dandruff of many yes. wonderful friars on that <laughs> bu- borrowed jacket. That you, yeah. you, I forgot to tell you, you need to wear a jacket in the friars. Yeah, I didn't. Well, you, you you called me up this morning and asked me to come here, and I figured let's let's meet. And then I didn't know to bring a coat, yeah. so I apologize. If I well, I should you. have told you. It, it fits some, great, though, by the way. It looks wonderful mm, on you. Thank you yes. very much. It's wonderful. It makes well, me want to ask you to bring me a beer. Or I, some well, kind of a, gonna, there's a bar right yeah, I know, yeah. But it's locked up with a cage for good reason. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for, for coming on. Because Is that the whole meeting? Is that's that the whole it. Thing? All right. Okay. Really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Boy, that went by <laughs> in a flash. In a flash. <laughs> <laughs> that was easier than I thought. Now, I want to have you on because a lot of a lot of the things that we do, I have a whole bunch of different people on the Anime Anime Podcast, and basically what we do is we talk about people's lives, what, they're, what they do for a living, what they have been doing, what they're doing now, and learning more about what keeps them moving forward so that other people might be inspired by your answers to, to help them move forward huh. in whatever profession they have. So wow. Tom Leopold, if you don't know, he's a comedy writer, um, actor earlier on in his life. Uh, he's written for Will & Grace, Seinfeld, uh, Cheers, a whole bunch of other places. He's got a website called uh, TomLeopold.net. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in a long court case about the dot-com. Could, he lost, <laughs> clearly. They wouldn't it let was, me in yeah, the dot like, com world. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't hip enough. Oh, that? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> story of my on life. The, on yeah. the club. You didn't get into that club. Yeah. You got on the Friars I got the, club. It was either the dot net or the Friars. Right. Yeah. So, or the dot com. Dot com. Dot com. You'll re erase that. You'll, you'll we'll, fix we'll that. that, that probably not. Yeah. But um, oh. So, oh, so now uh, tell me a little bit about you know your uh, how it all began, how you got into this, this world of comedy, oh. and what, what motivated you to keep moving forward. Um. Well, gosh, I, question. what a question. <laughs> well, it all started in a humble little uh, one-room shotgun shack. No. Really? No, I don't know okay. what a shotgun shack is. No. Um, I know what a shake shack is, though. Oh, so, yeah. There's a couple shack. of them. They yeah. keep popping up. Yeah. Um, Not shacks anymore. Well, I always wanted to be in show business. Uh-huh. Even for, uh, Boy, I'll tell you, even at age five, six, seven, I just wanted to, I loved all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know... It's all I've ever wanted to do. What, what, what did you watch? What, what oh, at well, the time? What were the, what were the big things that were uh, uh, that sparked? Well, in your, in your I life? was a very. I had very bad asthma as a kid, so I was just always in bed watching mm-hmm. TV nonstop. And you know, uh, when I was a kid, the, the honeymooners was big deal. Bilko, Phil mm-hmm. Silver's. Um, Jackie Gleason. You're Connie, sitting in his chair right I'm now. I'm sitting in Phil Silver's chair here at the Friars Club. <laughs> And I met Phil Silvers once at, really? at, at a restaurant mm-hmm. in L.A. once. Yeah, a big hero of mine. I went down on, on my knees and bowed to him, actually, in, the, in Joe Allen's in, in, in L.A. That's funny. And he, he motioned for me like a king to rise. You know, it's great. Rise, great man. Yeah. Oh, God, what a hero. And I, you know, and I didn't know. I just figured, well, I'll go be an actor because that's, you know, I thought I'd be an actor, you know. So at 17, I came to New York to be in NYU's acting school right out of high mm-hmm. school. And all my 
everybody, I was the youngest boy, because everybody else had transferred from colleges. Uh, and that's where I met Christopher Guest and Michael McKean, and they were 19, I was 17, which is a big mm-hmm. difference in those days. And we were all going to be actors, which we were. I mean, I was an actor mm-hmm. for a long time, like through my 20s. And, uh, what were the different types of roles that you had done at that time? Oh, different things. That well, you I was lucky. As soon as I got to New York, I was able to get commercials, so mm-hmm. I was able to pay my college. Through I did a, a cheer detergent. Speaking of cheers, I did cheer detergent one oh. a year for like three or four years. I played this mm-hmm. character, paid all my school stuff, um, and but they wanted to hold me back at acting school because they didn't think I was any good. <laughs> and I said to them, truly, imagine having to tell your your parents that they want to hold you back at acting school. <laughs> It's like you're not the you know you're not you know you're not the smartest bear in the zoo. I mean, how 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 bad could you be? But they couldn't hold me back because I had to leave to appear off Broadway, in a play called Saved at the Cherry Lane Theater Mm -hmm. with James Woods and. Wow. So I said, you can't hold me back. I'm working. And I've been basically. (laughs) Understand? Yeah, yeah. They they didn't seem to mind that I stunk. You know, so I was on you know lots of broad uh, off Broadway. Regional theaters, the Long mm-hmm. Wharf, the Arena Theater, Stockbridge, all these kind of plays. But I, but at 21, Chris Guest and I started writing for the National Lampoon Radio Hour and mm-hmm. uh, Radio Hour and Magazine. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I really didn't know how funny I was. I mean, it's, I'm immodest about it, but it's the only thing I got mm-hmm. um, until I started meeting these other people that were hilariously funny. And I, wow, I, I've been kind of doing this. I'm, building this up without even knowing it you know I just was and so we started doing that and what happened was just the writing took over so in my <laughs> late 20s I was just pretty much yeah my this is my music I gotta go no is that your phone no they're just putting music on here at the Friars Club <laughs> that's great <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so that's great how, so you were how long were you writing for that well that? oh gosh no well a couple of years okay Radio show, radio hour with Bill mm-hmm. Murray and Chevy and uh, Belushi and wow. uh, Brian Murray. Or, uh, so what's the what's the gap here for the years wise? Because you said you you went to New York at age seventeen, is that right? I, I, I yeah, came I came at seventeen, turned uh, eighteen the, the month after. And then I when, got you, here. when were you in that play? Uh, which play? The play that at, at Cherry Lane. Oh, uh, nineteen seventy. No, I mean, like, how old oh. were you at the time? Oh, <laughs> that's fine. 20. Too. 19, 20. 19. Okay, 19 or 20. So right after yeah. you finished, well, you're about to, you're going into, I don't know, how many years of acting school? Well, I went know. one year. One year, okay. And they wanted to hold me back. Okay. Yeah. And I couldn't, and I wouldn't have anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, too, too humiliated. So then at 20, yeah. you're now. Actually, 19, 1970. Well, 20, yeah. So tw- and then 20, you went into the, doing the National Lampoon Radio Hour, correct? Well, no, it was about so, 1971 or some early okay, so 70s. a couple yeah. years after yeah. the fact. Okay. So, so now, I'd be off in some play. So you did plays in between. And, and I'd send time. in pieces boom, boom, for boom. the magazine or the radio. Gotcha. Okay. So, I, so it didn't occur to me that I was becoming a writer, but mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to yeah. do it. And then I realized, wow, I don't have to make faces to do this. I can... It doesn't depend on making the right face. Right. It's uh, just words. Uh, it's what I was best at backstage anyway, mm-hmm. being really funny. And I, there's you know, difference. You can be funny and not be a writer. Mm-hmm. But to be a funny writer is... Uh, and I always thought, well, what am I going to be? Uncle Jim on the Waltons when I'm 40? I mean, what am I... <laughs> this isn't really for me. I, I liked it, you know. But I never wanted to play characters other than mm-hmm. myself. Right. A version of myself. 
because I wanted to be like Jack Lemmon or, or Dick Van yeah. Dyke or something, yeah. just always the same guy. I had no interest in playing characters, characters so I never occurred to me I shouldn't be. In it. And then it just took over, you know. But then when, so I know, I mean, I'm sure that there that it wasn't like always like amazing one thing after another. Oh, but God, then no, how, no. how, like, what kept you through all of that too? You know, I mean. I know it seems the timeline that we're painting for the people that are listening to the Adam Manway podcast that you, Tom Leopold, were obviously had one thing happen right after another, but obviously oh, no, no. you're submitting a whole bunch of different things. Not oh, everybody's no, reacting no. or, you know, right. booking you or, you know, giving you work through all of that. So what keeps you mo- moving forward, all those things. Right. And as you are working on one thing, you do obviously have this goal that you want mm-hmm. in the back of your head. You know, you're in the plays, but, you know, you loved comedy and you wanted to do something even grander. So what kept you moving forward and still working hard for that? Because there's a lot of actors. There's a lot of comedians out there. There's people in any different type of trade that are out there that want to keep moving forward. And they hit these hurdles and they want to keep continuing forward to reach their goals. What, what, What for you, Tom? worked for you at that time, at that specific moment in your life? Well, I had a lot of those times. I mean, a lot of setbacks and a lot of getting fired from mm-hmm. plays too, and or, uh, or fallow periods of writing. Mm-hmm. But when I started to go do it, and this is something people should kind of check on themselves too and be honest about, mm-hmm. it's like it was, for me, it was uh, life or death. Oh, wow. It was absolute, I mean, now you, looking you back, I go, wow. You put pressure on it? You put that much pressure on it? Well, no, I just sense? had or? that much pressure. I couldn't, okay. I couldn't imagine not doing this okay it was like a death thing i mean it was too much i I realize now i Mm -hmm. i almost feel like having done this nothing else my whole life really never had a any other job outside Mm -hmm. of show business that would be interesting i wish i would known what it'd been like to have another interesting you know yeah to sell (laughs) to sell work at a big and fat man shop is what my my real goal a tall and fat man no so so there was a kind of crazy desperation about it but you're still knocked down so many times and it hurts every mm-hmm. damn time. But I've just been lucky in having a kind of stupid optimism mm-hmm. that I, I myself don't understand mm-hmm. how I have it, how I could have it, because I look back, I go, wow, I did all this stuff, but there were so many times where mm-hmm. nothing was happening, where right. I was broke. Or, But I'll tell you one thing I, I was lucky about, and I know this sounds stupid, but yeah. I was very lucky at 21 years old to get an apartment on the lo- on, in the West Village Rent controlled. Wow. And so I always kept my overhead so low. And I didn't marry till later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I did it, I could live off a commercial or unemployment or I could make it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I always kept a low overhead. Wow. And that's, people say, why did you do it? I said, well, that's my advice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't get in a position where you can't do it. But, um, yeah, don't I, I don't know. I, I just think I, I had this kind of stupid optimism hmm. and based on nothing like something's gonna happen here or yeah something, <laughs> or or yeah or i just gonna work out or it's just not permissible right. that, some, that something I, won't happen right although i came damn to close to huh. thinking god what will i do what can i do i don't have any mm-hmm. other skills that's for sure <laughs> you know so then so then let's move forward now so you were yeah. working for the national lampoon's radio right. hour and then after that what happened Oh, gosh. Well, then I was, you know, still acting then for years, but I would be writing. You're writing. And then, uh-huh. oh, gosh, little things began to happen. Chris Guest and I did a, a pilot that was financed by some guy called Flakes. We, we did these characters, these old, uh, old women with, with a tandem walker with a CB radio on it. And one thing kind of led to the other, but my big writing break came in the 
mid-70s when Chevy Chase asked me, he was the biggest star in the country, mm-hmm. and he says, look, I'm leaving Saturday Night Live. And I, I tell you how I met him and all that, but mm-hmm. he says, I want you to write my special, the first special after leaving Saturday Night Live, wow. which was gigantic. And the reason he asked me was, I knew him from the Lampoon, and mm-hmm. I knew him, you know, but I didn't know him well. I knew him, went to see him in Lemmings, and Chris Guest knew him and stuff. And um, he knew about me, and I, of course I knew him. And, and um, he called me up and said, look, I want you to write this special, but first I want you to tell me if what I heard you said is in fact what you said to somebody. I go, well, what was it? <laughs> and uh, my friend, Chris Guest's sister, Alyssa, was I've known since she was, you know, we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing a play in Boston, Moon Children, at the, for five months in Boston. And I had a lead part in it. And she said, tell me, I want to come visit you and see the play. I said, oh, great. And she said, yeah, maybe I'll stay two or three days. I said, yeah, stay two. <laughs> and it's not even that funny, but Chevy said, did you say that? And I go, yeah. And he says, well, I want you to write my special. And the thing is, having now gone through so many years of hiring writers and Mm-hmm. being in comedy, I totally appreciate what he did because I would have hired somebody. Mm-hmm. Not that it's genius or anything, sure. but it gives you a sensibility off somebody. Right. So I've always admired that about, huh. you know, I, I, I you know, I, I chose, that was smart in a way, you know. And so that led to really my becoming really a, and then around then I was writing a lot of movies for studios mm-hmm. that never got made. Mm-hmm. And then I sold one of my, my first novel, my second novel, to the movies. Mm-hmm. And that gave me some oh, wow. what was breathing it? room. It was called Somebody Sing. Okay, and then what was the movie? It never got made. Bruce okay. Willis bought it for his company. And he made Hudson Hawk instead. But I got a nice paycheck out of it. And that kept me going. And so I was writing all these movies and rewriting and, and punching up movies that okay. never got made. But it was a living. That's great. But it was like, well, one, what good, you know, except for the money, which was fantastic. Sure. Great to make a living. Nobody hears my jokes. Nobody says my jokes. And then I uh, fell into the comedy, the sitcom thing, when Larry David, you know, I'm really moving way ahead now. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, we, but, gotta, we wanna keep yeah, this and uh, Larry David got these little few <laughs> okay. shows on. Yeah. And he says, look, they're picking up nine. Do you want to, would you come out and do it? And I asked for him. What, for Seinfeld? Kind of, yeah, for yeah, Seinfeld. Right. Okay. And then that became Seinfeld. And from there, uh, that was such a great, I never had a real steady job before sitcoms. Wow. You know, until I was 40. I mean, and then I went right from that to Cheers and Will and & Grace and Caroline in the City and Ellen. And I know that you told me this in the past, and I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this, but wasn't it National Lampoon vacation? You were in the end, right? There was an I had a great end. little part in, okay. in the end when instead of the ending that you see in the movie where Chevy and they all, the family goes to Wally World. Now, instead of going to Wally World, the original ending was they go to Wally's house, like mm-hmm. the Walt Disney character's house. And I'm... Eddie Bracken, Wally World's, Wally's assistant. Mm-hmm. And Chevy holds a gun on us, and he makes me tap dance. <laughs> and I did a long tap dance. It was funny. And then they reshot the whole ending. So, but the Did you know is, that they were reshooting the ending? Not till they... Until the movie came out. Uh, like, yeah, I forgot when I found out. Yeah. you got to come see this. But Chevy you know, said, look, know, come on, you get $1,000 a day. Sure. Come out to Pasadena and do this part. I said, great. And the great thing was it rained every day. So I ended up working 11 days. So the one day, because yes. of the rain, 11,000, was great. Yeah. That's fine. And then I did a lot of specials with Chevy, and then before I, and I worked with all my heroes, Steve mm-hmm. Allen. Uh, I wrote for him, and he thought I was so funny, he put me on the show. So I'm on the Steve Allen summer show, singing and dancing with Donald O'Connor, Catherine O'Hara, who was another writer. Mm-hmm. Steve put her on, and we were like 
his young repertory players while I was writing his show. And the things that kept, kept you going through through all of this was still that optimism that things are going to work well, out? Well, by stuff then too, things or? were kind of like, hey, I'm all actually right. making a living here. And then, but, yeah. But you always want, I, I, know, I mean, I know that, uh, I'm sure there's, there's also actors and other people that are successful, but they always want more. They always want Oh, I always want more. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We all do, right? Yeah. We always want to be the best version of ourselves and whatever that is, whatever right. that capacity is. So at that time, too, like, were you just... Was it a satisfaction that you are comfortable where they where you are, or was there something still that pushed you to do something greater? Does that make well, sense? Well, there's a lot of disappointment. You know, you know I mean, in, in terms of like, you'll, I'll write a movie, it doesn't get made. Right. Okay. Or, or uh, but then you have this great satisfaction of writing novels that mm-hmm. nobody buys, but at least it's all your words and right. it's between covers. And, and is yes, there... it, it is disappointing that I, the, the worst, most disappointing thing is to not have been able to get my voice out. Right. In a success, I mean, I did three pilots of my own for different networks. Your, like your own get, Yeah, my project. own project. Right. And I've never really had that. And, and, yeah, but still, is there a sense, because I have, I have friends, I have my own projects, too, that I create myself. And obviously, you know, you don't make money off of them, too. But to me, sometimes there is like a sense of just satisfaction or you're, very, you're happy with what you've done, even though other people don't appreciate what you did in right. the sense that you're not making money off of it but still being you know i guess a sense of uh, pr- being proud of what you've done or your work is, well, it, is there a sense of that too as i'm even older now not, yeah. yeah i mean here i am i'm, I'm 65 now so yeah. I, i've really you know i think that one of the worst things that can happen to you when you get older is to be in despair about sure it. right and i look back and i realize i did everything i wanted right i mean okay i'm not world famous i'm not mm-hmm. as rich as i know more f- people from my group that got famous than probably anybody ever has. I mean, I knew wow. more people that became famous yeah, yeah. than anybody. It's almost... It is funny because uh, all the people that you're naming as you're, you know, yeah. you're in acting school and sure. you know, people that you're meeting along the way. And that's become, not easy. Yeah. You know, you have to really kind of get well-balanced to kind of like it's, it's good not hold it too. against them. Right, but it's also um, networking too that, you know, I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a small little thing that people could take away from this as well too that yeah. you never know someone who you might be like even r- roommates with or, you know, you went to school with, it's good to be, I guess, also nice to everybody and then also, yeah. you know, get to know people because you never know you never where know. they're going to be. That's you know, right. They might hire you like they, like yeah. Jeffy Chase hired yeah. you or, you know, you never know what's going to happen into the future, too. So it never that's pays right. to be bitter. <laughs> well, I yeah, I just think, yeah, and I just that's what you're saying, but I'm just saying. Well, that's just not my natural. Sure, I know it's not you, anyway. But I'm saying that that's also because I know, I know you, I know your personality, and and people that are listening to the Adam Hamway podcast know Tom. You are, you know, you're a nice, genuine guy, and so you can see that through all of his path that he's taking, or what Tom's talking about. That you know, obviously, he's been nice to everybody along the way, and there's something to that as well. Sure. Well, even if that doesn't get you anywhere, it's better for yourself. Sure. Oh yeah. Anyway, just for yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, but as I look back, you know, Mm -hmm. you think, wow, God, I went into it because I wanted to get famous. I wanted girls, and those are all legitimate Mm -hmm. reasons. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, and even though I haven't, you know. Never was a best-selling author. Or I never had my own sitcom, or all these things. I go, wow! I worked with all my heroes. I, I've made a living doing it. This th- doing something that I have a talent for, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's what people should focus on. Like, even if you only get to the point of okay, if you're an actor, mm-hmm. I'm only gonna I'm only in summer stock, or I'm only in neighbor, you know. Uh, 
what do you call those theaters that are in your, you know. Renaissance. Well, no, just uh, <laughs> Renaissance. <laughs> Fringe. No, no, but just, you know, na- your, your, your neighborhood theater that you, ah, you're yeah. in or, you know, or, you know, it's, it's the doing of the thing you love. George Burns, who I also worked with mm-hmm. once said, uh, I'd rather be a failure in a business I love than a success in a business I hate. Yeah. Well, and uh, if you get kind of in the middle of, of, of uh, you know, I think it's, of something you love, you can't really fail. I mean, if you can keep doing it, or uh, it's not. And then you, the older you get, and if you get any kind of wisdom, it's you realize all that stuff being famous, mm-hmm. or that's all great. I would have loved it, or but I've made a living, and I've done mm-hmm. all the stuff I've done based on good family, and so um, do what you love, and but make sure you're good at it, mm-hmm. because I guess I always felt. I have something to do. I, I'm good at something here. So that's probably also what kept me going. And I would advise anybody to really look hard at it's such a damn hard business. Because mm-hmm. now looking back, it all seems like, oh, it was a, a lark, you know. But it, it wasn't. And, and so it's, I see so many people who are uh, not suited for it mm. or have a gift for it. And, and I guarantee you, if you have some kind of gift for it and you have something to offer, you'll get there. You'll get mm-hmm. somewhere. But I see people who fool themselves. You know, I have so many unproduced scripts. Sure. It's like being a painter mm-hmm. and putting all your paintings up in the gallery. Nobody buys them. You take right. them down again. You bring them home, put mm-hmm. them in the garage. So, you know, I, I kid about it. I always say, well, uh, 90 six percent of my career has been disappointment but that other four percent was a gas man and you know that's really so if you don't love it or right. feel good about what you did whether anybody buys it or right. then you got nothing the only way you can really win is to is to uh, appreciate what you've done. what you're doing yeah the process and, and be able to go hey you know mm-hmm. because god's plan may be uh for mm-hmm. you to keep you at this level. Sometimes right. I think, sure. maybe God n- knew I shouldn't get too famous because I'm too nervous. Sure, or, or you'll go in a different direction. go in a different and, direction, and or I might have been even more exactly. self-destructive than I was. Sure. And, you know, I'm very comfortable with where I uh, am. I think that that's a good thing, too, and I know we'll get all religious on this, but I think... Well, uh, whatever you believe in, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Whatever one think, believes in. Yeah. Right, but I think that there's, there's two things here. Um, I think uh, one of the things that I, I always think of myself is that you have to be comfortable with where you are. Not saying don't strive for things that are right. greater, no, no. but you always have to look at where you are, be comfortable with it, accept where you are, because that's going to help you move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is you have to be willing to uh, suffer for what you really want. And if you're not willing to suffer for it, then you really don't want it. Right. And that to me, I right. think Right. You've got to be able to pick yourself yep. up the 15,000th time. Yep. You, you don't get somewhere. And mm-hmm. that happens to everybody. Yeah. Big successes. Big movie stars. Yeah. You know, and I've been around flops. so many they famous movies flops. That don't work out. And they're in public. I mean, yeah. so at, least, at least my my flops are known for me and my wife and, you know, five of my friends. I don't have to have a world looking up my keister, you know. So, and I've been around so many famous people and see what they go through. And not a lot of them handle it well. Well. Yeah. Um, some do, uh, and, uh, but, but, um, so yeah, he's, you gotta, you know, this is your life. This is what has value, you know, and, and, uh, 
Be good at your thing. Be good at it. Because that may, all, may be all you'll have to mm-hmm. look back on. I did it good. It was good. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. So what else really is there? I mean, yeah, you can get more famous or maybe you will, maybe you won't. I mean, look at poor Robin Williams. Yeah. You know, you know, you never know, you know. Yeah. You, you think s- somebody's, you know, they, they become. Top of the world. Yeah, top of the world, successful in, in the world's eyes. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah, something like that. Yeah, happens. you know, and it's like, make sure you really have something. Mm-hmm. And if you do really have something, then persevere. Sometimes it's just a matter of keeping going, whether you feel like it or not, and picking yourself up, and keep churning out stuff. Mm-hmm. Keep churning keep it out. Keep working at it. Yeah, and if you sell 5% of what you do, whether you're an actor or you're, you're doing pretty good. That's and it. Tom been, Leopold, thank you so much for coming now on the Now go and sin no more, my son. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Adam Hamway Podcast. See you next time.